Welcome to a new episode of LFC Talk. It's actually the first one uh, in the new year, 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah, indeed. Happy, happy New Year to everyone. I have this feeling, despite the fact that it's Friday the 13th, and, and Peter, we will come back to that in a minute. Um, I have a feeling, guys, that 2023 is going to be a good year. What do you think, David Fairclough? Well, that's the hopes. That's the hopes. Um, I was, I was happy to see the end of 2022 on a personal note, but uh, you know, yeah, I think uh, I think your hopes are always high, aren't they? So, yeah, let's hope for a better 2023. Yeah, because it it didn't it didn't really start off the season, Peter, exactly how we were expecting it. But have you got a good feeling for 23? 23 is a good number, isn't it? Uh, if you are talking about football, then I think uh, it can really only go up. But uh, I think in general terms, I hope that the conflict in Ukraine can be resolved in the first quarter of this year and that that will then have an impact on people's, uh, li you know, the cost of living and all the issues that people are facing locally and nationally and internationally on the back of it. So, yeah, I hope 23 will be better than 22. Yeah, because it's just... Um caused a lot of worry for people both you know how how Russia could do something like that in in a peaceful time and and then as you say all the impact it's had on on a lot of us in terms of of petrol uh, costs and, and electricity costs and gas costs and all that so fingers crossed let's hope for for peace a peaceful 23 but Peter uh Friday the 13th um definitely has got something to it and when I say Peter I have to I have to you have to excuse me because Peter he is uh, our neighbor uh, Hotel Tia's neighbor he he belongs to Hotel Anfield and uh, Peter is German and I always struggle to say his name despite the fact that I'm Norwegian but I'm going to give it a, a go now because um, Peter's surname is oh. <laughs> Three versemen. Perfect. But it was in, in three goes. Ten out three. of ten out of ten. Well, ish. I know. I ten know, out of ten. I know that overbearing uh, voice because uh, everyone struggles with Rangel Lundansnes. I've heard much worse in my <laughs> okay. seventeen years in the UK. <laughs> Very good, <laughs> Peter. What happened to you to this morning on this um, not so lovely Friday? I was quite late from my last meeting to come here, and I just reversed uh, and tried to get out of the car park, and I scratched the whole side of my car really badly actually so yeah friday the 13th there you go yeah but, uh, uh, it, some of those things until you realize it is friday the 13th you <laughs> think so if you don't you want to uh not think of it too much because yeah we know we know the superstitions that surround it yeah mm. i've had my little accent but it's not so bad so well, far only a little bit forgetful that's all that's fine that's <laughs> fine how are you how are you david we spoke on the last podcast about the, the scary stroke you've gone yeah, through? Yeah, I think I'm making progress all the time. Um, granted, um, you know, when you're recovering from, from something like I experienced, it isn't always an upward curve, you know, that it will plateau out at, at certain stages. Uh, I'm probably at a little, you know, I've kind of stabilised at the moment. It's, uh, I made greater progress initially. Um, but, you know, I'm pleased, you know, thinking where I was uh, a few months ago, uh, I'm getting to Anfield on a regular basis, which is a step in the right direction. And you hear all these different ideas about what, what makes you well and, and things like that. And it's, uh, you know, one that I kind of take to is it's the walls that heal, uh, the walls that you're around. So every week I'm at Anfield as well. It's, it's nice, you know, get some 
nice messages from people. I see a lot of friends, so that's it's all good. All good, thank you. Oh. And we will talk about the walls of Anfield, the extension today. We will also talk about uh, a certain player of the team who had his thir- uh, Friday the 13th uh, a little bit early <laughs> against Wolves. Um, and you probably know who I'm talking about. But before that, uh, Peter, let's talk about... Um, a really exciting project that you have had going just before Christmas. And I sadly missed it because I was one of the thousands upon thousands who were knocked out by the flu just before Christmas. It's a little early Christmas present. But you had a really exciting event uh, next door. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so a couple of months ago, um, a, a, a friend of mine who was um, Greek, and who's got a, a shop in the city center told me that um, Costa Simicas is going to launch its own Greek Scousa sort of brand and merchandise line. And they were looking for someone to partner with them to um, sell, distribute it and do a partnership with them in the UK. And he, and he had um, asked me if he can put us forward because obviously like like you guys at Hotel Tia, we got good links with the different sections of the fans and we, we know the market very well. And I said, why not? So I met with um, his agent um, something like maybe October time, something like that, and started to discuss it. And it just snowballed via you know, as it is these days, via emails and WhatsApp into the partnership that it became. And then it all crescendoed in the event just before Christmas where Simi came to the hotel, very likely not the last time he's coming, obviously to advertise the launch. And we had uh, James Pierce there talking to him and the guys from Redman TV and John Aldridge rocked up, which was a funny coincidence uh, and a lovely, lovely thing of him to do. And it was just a great day for about 250 people, mostly families, kids, to get autographs and take photos. And uh, it was, um, yeah, I'm, let me put it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm happy it was 250 people, but I'm happy there weren't another 100 people because it was busy. And um, everybody wanted that one or two minutes with Simi. So you can imagine how long it took everybody to be seen. But it was a great success. And we're going to do a sale um, next, uh, next from next week, and actually, um, some people uh, will uh, will hopefully be lucky enough to get their merch signed by Simi as well. So there's a few more things coming on the back of it, and hopefully another appearance later on the season. But for now, uh, they need to focus on playing football. <laughs> I know, but you know, uh, I've never met I'm, I've never met him yet personally. Uh, but he looks so kind. Is he is he as yeah. kind as he looks? Yeah, he's got that um, kind face. Great. Great, lovely guy, really, mm. like so, so patient. Every now and then he peeked over to me and kind of looked at me with his eyebrow as if to say, how many more are coming for signatures? <laughs> and I was signaling him uh, 80, 70, 50, 30, 20, and uh, he became more relaxed. But him and his, uh, uh, his uh, girlfriend, uh, Christina, absolutely lovely, lovely down-to-earth people. Uh, he's quite a stylish guy as well. Like his clothing, uh, it's not, I mean, I, I couldn't pull it off, but he is, uh, he's, a, he's a stylish guy, but he is dead down to earth and he just can't resist uh, giving everybody the signature and the selfie that they want. So he's, uh, he fits in well in Liverpool. I can see why Jürgen and the guys uh, love him, apart yeah. from that he's a good, good player as well. That helps, obviously. Obviously helps. So people listening to this around the world, how can they get hold of his clothes? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a there's an actual shop. If you look for simicast21.co.uk uh, um, or via Hotel Anfield's website, you can go on. But wait till next week, depending on when this podcast gets released, I must say. Um, and then there's going to be the opportunity to buy it and get it uh, signed as well. So, but yeah, that's... Mm. That's how you get hold of it. Exciting stuff. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, will you get some Greek Scouser merch, David? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, uh, old man, mer- uh, old man uh, merchandise I'm into these days. But, uh, <laughs> That's boss too. Um, David, the uh, Anfield Road then is flying up at the moment. You know, we've had a break now with international football. Um, and in the meantime, they've used the time well, haven't they? Um, it, it, the framework is up and it's looking good, isn't it? It's looking fantastic. Obviously, we've had talk in the past of a new stadium being built and what have you. But when you look now and see what was the, the, what the possibilities were of just improving the, the current Anfield, you know, not moving size and um, expanding it to its maximum, which pretty much I think is at, I think. Uh, but when you get different views from a manfield, I mean, if you if you go down the bottom of the other side of the park and you look up, it looks quite a uh, quite a stadium these days. Um, it'll be fantastic when it's all fully operational, obviously. But uh, yeah, but certainly I think you've got to praise the owners for having that ability, forth, foresight to um, to actually see that that was the opportunity to to improve Anfield and to and to you know grow it make it a little bit bigger Peter there's there's a lot of fascinating stats behind how we will now become a 61,000 seater stadium the third biggest in Premier League what sort of material has gone into it yeah my my social media guys have been rummaging around for facts and they came up with the fact that there have been 3,700 tons of steelwork used uh, to build that extension and apparently 25,000 bolts to put all the steel together. Uh, it's, 30 me- it's 39 meters high and 75 meters wide. So it is, it is, a, it is a whopper. But one interesting fact, which I think um, I just came across because at Hotel Anfield, we've got the marquee out the back and to get permission to use it, we had to jump uh, quite a few hurdles, if I'm saying it uh, politically correct. It did feel much more... Um, uh, draining uh, when we went through it at the time. But the one thing I learned was um, I dealt at the time with someone who was involved with Stanley Park, I believe on behalf of Liverpool City Council or on behalf of Heritage. Uh, at the time when the club was considering to move the stadium over to what is now that, uh, 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 that car park. Mm-hmm. And basically, at that time when that was the plan, Liverpool actually invested quite a bit of money into the rest of Stanley Park. And there's a lot of uh, listed structures uh, in the park. And thanks to the investment back then that was going to pave the way to move the stadium, Stanley Park has become, a, uh, from memory, I think it's called an A-star registered park, which is like an, uh, a listed building in, in park sense. It's called registered. And it's, a, it's top-notch. So yeah, it's I, know, I, know it's, I, I know there are certain, particularly for for certain people in Liverpool and South Africa, certain connotations about, say, Anfield, Everton, Walton, about like levels of deprivation. But obviously us adopted locals, so to speak, we're passionate about the progress that's been made. But Stanley Park is a 
top-notch park with the Isla Gladstone and the other um, structures that are uh, listed. So it's really one of Liverpool's best parks. Yeah, I remember the very old days, sorry to put in, yeah. and uh, this is the first place I ever played organised football on Stanley Park. So uh, I remember it's real golden days when it was, it was something else. And it was sad to see it sort of actually slip into, you know, such a sad bit of... Uh, uh, the area really, but uh, yeah, signs of. Uh, I never cease to um, uh, think of my old, you know, my old experiences on Stanley Park when I'm when I'm on there and and what have you. And the car, the old car park was used to be football pitches, so we played. I mean, we used to think that was it was floodless and uh, a rare opportunity to play under floodlights uh, during the uh, midweek. You know, uh, midweek evenings. Um, so I've seen I've seen so many changes of Stanley Park, but I have to say, being a local, um, you know, memories come flooding back. Sort of almost every day, I uh, I sort of either come and drive into it, or I'm, I'm visiting anywhere near. Did you used to go out on the boats on the lake? Uh, I did actually a long, long time ago. I mean, then the, the lake fell really into disrepair when it became a bit of a dumping ground, really. But the golden days of um, of Stanley Park were, were amazing. The area in front of what is now the Isle of Gladstone. The, uh, the Isle of Gladstone used to be a palm house, which you had all tropical plants and things like that. And in front of it, you used to have some, you know, incredible, uh, you know, um, exhibition of flowers throughout the uh, the summer and there was a little clock there in in flower form and then one thing or another it was and you couldn't step on the grass you know we, the grass was was kind of the best grass we'd ever seen as kids but you couldn't stand on it and uh, these were the those are the days when people are you know sort of uh, they observed the sort of the regulations and, and rules and you were terrified to actually step out of line it was a beautiful place but it's great to see that it's now once again becoming that beautiful place. You know, the, the playground is great. It's one of the best in the city, I would say, you know. And uh, yeah, it's all, it's all looking so much better. And it's, it's nice to be both of us hotels facing the beautiful park and, and, and give our guests that peace and the space and the greenery and mm. the opportunity to have a little stroll in the morning before a, a match or a city day. Yeah. They used to have a stage there in the, um, in the playground area. Uh, they used to do shows through the summer. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It used to be packed out. I think I went on stage once. Got called to do something. Uh, just uh, keep you up. No, no. It was only <laughs> I was prompted a bit. It was sort of uh, revolved around the uh, sort of these. You know, yeah. You have a, a a presenter and he would you know be playing games and things like that. But it was it was it was the place to where we all came when we were children. Uh, Stanley Park. That was your you know. I mean, we know from living around here, there isn't a great deal of greenery mm. outside of, uh, you know, what, what, was, what is there. So, uh, yeah. It's important. Floods and floods of memories. Yeah. Well, the good news is Liverpool City Council has adopted this policy whereby any public parks are, can effectively not be touched from here on. So I think there's very little mm. risk that we are going to lose any of our parks to anything else but what it is. Um, and again, mm. thanks to the way that it went with the stadium, now we have a lovely big stadium, which is going to make a difference to us as traders in the area as well. Another six thousand people. Hopefully, more people can. Hopefully, more people can actually get into the stadium for reasonable mm. prices and not paying ridiculous, silly tout prices. Uh, but now we got a nice park and a nice stadium, so win-win. 
and two nice hotels. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Liverpool true. in the past, actually. I think there was a period when Liverpool got rid of um, an awful lot of its you know, great uh, facilities and what have you. But it is nice that that, that exists now, that, you know, parks are pr- protected yeah. and uh, and integral parts of the city and have people from all around the city have their links with the particular part that they sort of grew up and around. So great that they're protected. And Peter, um, how is the work going where um, a lot of the businesses here at Anfield are going together to try to help the neighbourhood? What's the last status there? Yeah, remember last time we spoke, we had a bit of a push for Anfield Road specifically, um, sort of brushing up Anfield Road. The result of that is the Mosala mural and all the banners on the lamppost. And we still have got some, uh, we still have got one um, one mural to be painted. So uh, watch the space. Uh, but then um, we were approached by Homebaked on the other side of the stadium. And they said that there is a business network emerging called A&E, Anfield and Everton um, Business uh, Network. Um, and the idea there was for businesses uh, of different sectors, including the local schools. So it, it's not business as in just profit, but it's the third sector as well, schools, uh, charities coming together to talk about the area, what we can do to make it better, who do we need to link to, um, how can we reach out to other stakeholders, residents, uh, what councillors are involved, they join the meetings and the, the club, uh, and what can we do to make it better. Um, and the first few meetings that have taken place during 2022 were really fantastic. And the group of people there, I mean, you've got, I think, 40, 50 businesses, some which I have to confess I didn't know existed before I met them at those events. And um, it's going to be good to um, kind of bring all of that energy, the network and the, and, and the ideas together and, uh, and then look at what we can can do collectively. Some things are happening already, you know. A lot of it has got to do with communication too. Someone has an event going that lots of other people didn't know about. We put it in the group and let's put it on each other's social media, things like that. Um, And yeah, it's been been really positive. Thanks to our friends from Homebaked as well, really. They've been, their their CLT has um, driven it quite nicely so far, yeah. They've done so much yeah, good for the community, they have. which is, is really, really good to see. Yeah. Um, guys, let's talk a little bit of football uh, at the end of this podcast too. Um, Do we have to? Uh, <laughs> well, we can just leave it and talk about the trees and the wind and, and the fire, the lovely gas fire in, in, the, in the fireplace. But um, as we speak, it's Friday the 13th. Um, some of you will listen to this later and some maybe even today. Um, tomorrow we're playing Brighton away. Um, Brighton is just one point behind us in eighth place. We are in seventh place at the moment, guys, which is hard to say after 17 rounds with only 28 points. It's been uh, probably the worst start. Uh, well, it's most certainly the worst start for Jürgen in his time. Um, and the last thing we did, so we, we're struggling a little bit in terms of, of catching Arsenal on 44 points and City on 39. Uh, nothing is impossible, obviously. Nothing is impossible. Um, but the last thing we did um, be, after we spoke last, David, was to be thrown out of the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, uh, by losing 3-2 to City. And then we uh, have just recently played Wolves and drew 2-2. Wolves were like second last on the table and um, 
you could almost predict it, you know, when we are playing the weakest teams. It's like, and we put on a good team too. Um, so it wasn't that we only put on the kids, um, Drew. No. What happened? Yeah, well, it looked like uh, Jürgen really had an intent to progress in the FA Cup by, you know, the selection of the team, which was as strong as Liverpool, I think, could have had. Um, you know, when was it? 10 days, 12 days or so ago now. Um Disappointed, really. The performances haven't been great, and it's not. There's not a great uh, deal you can sort of like really be cheery about. I have to say, uh, and everywhere I've been going up for the last few weeks, the the burning question has been, what are we going to do with our team? And uh, I don't don't think there's a, a simple answer, really. A number of things are, are wrong, and uh, and people will have all you know. There are lots of theories running around there. There, but uh, you certainly have to make those opportunities count when you play somebody like Wolves at Anfield, and in a competition like, well, even the Premier League, uh, in any competition, you have to um, make sure that your, your, you know, your, your qualities and your strength comes through. But I mean, it, it's failing at the moment, I have to say. And uh, the fact that we go to somewhere like Brighton and uh, with a little bit of trepidation a couple of years ago, where where teams. Um, seem to be there to be to knock down now we go to places like brighton and wolves in next week in in a replay and as i say trepidation i think um we don't know what type of liverpool is going to really show up i don't think at the moment um uh, but it's a big month ahead for for everybody you know likes of arsenal manchester city manchester united have all got big fixtures over the next four weeks um Maybe how our uh, sort of uh, schedule doesn't look as maybe as as uh, congested and and as busy as as the couple of teams who were ahead of us. So I think there are one or two teams that were, we could still catch. I think uh, the fact that we are seventh doesn't sort of uh, feel great, but I think um, we should be optimistic. And I think, as I say, over the next month or so, we will see where really where the opportunities lie, uh, and and see which position you know is 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 a possibility for us. But are we still optimistic about top four? I've I've lost faith in winning the league. I have to say, sorry guys, I'm always mm. optimistic, but I've, I've I've dropped that. Winning the league, <laughs> winning yeah, the league, okay. I think that. I think <laughs> top four. I'm talking. I'm, about. I'm an eternal optimist, but if I talk about now opportunities to win the league, I think I will lose whatever credibility I might or might not have in on this podcast. So. Top four, I'm, of course I'm confident about it. It's not like other teams like Tottenham are, it's not plain sailing. Um, Newcastle, for example, despite the new owner and all the money that they can spend, haven't actually spent that much money and certainly didn't bring in like mega names. Some players that have previously not done well like Almiron uh, or even Joe Linton are suddenly firing and that has got little to do with the money or the new owners. That's more... There will be other factors, including the manager, but maybe some other factors that we are not aware of. And that brings me to Liverpool, the concern that I have, haven't have just read uh, yesterday that Nunes has got picked up some kind of injury. And uh, it's not known when he's back. It might, it's a minor thing, apparently, but let's see. They just then lead most fans to just talk about the depth of the squad and we need this and we need that and we need the other. But then you talk next thing about FSG and you talk about them, Are they for, is, it, is the club for sale or is it investment they want? Uh, but really at the end of the day you got, for many years we were spoiled now, uh, but Jurgen Klopp, unlike Pep Guardiola, likes a 
t- relatively tight squad with players he trusts that know each other very well in the same constellation. So rotation in a, in a Guardiola sense ha- isn't really Klopp's thing. Obviously, even if it was, he hasn't got the squad for it. But he doesn't really... I don't think he wants to have a Phil Foden and a Maris and a Gundogan set on the bench. I know it would feel great right now, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that's actually Klopp's philosophy and it suits the owners. So there's so many factors right now. What happens with the ownership? That unsettles people, you know, when your employer changes. I mean, that's a big thing for anybody. You know, what will that mean for me individually? What does it mean for the direction of the club, the squad? And then you've got this little bit of um, sprinkle over it, the uncertainty of injuries. You know, Diaz, Bobby, um, Jota. I mean, which team in the world can have Nunes, Bobby, Diaz um, and uh, Jota out at the same time and not feel the impact of that? You know, it's it's a massive blow, mm-hmm. massive blow. But there's positives, you know. People suddenly talk about Doak, the, the young Scottish lad. Mm-hmm. You know, he only gets a chance because, A, we're a little bit thin in certain positions, but secondly, because Klopp gives him the chance. So you can't really have, you know, when you, you can't have one and the other. Uh, you you have, to, have to give these young guys a chance to flourish and then they, they either sink or swim. I mean, in short, top four will manage to get in there by hook or by crook. Obviously, the season is already not going to be seen as a success. But if we can get through the FA Cup or stun Real Madrid in one of those special Anfield uh, kind of performances, which will hopefully be enough to get them over the line in the Bernabeu, then it could still be a bit of silverware there. And we can go, okay, it wasn't a great season, but you know what? Last season we, sorry, I finished on that point. Last season we were minutes away from unprecedented glory. Mm. That was in May of 22. One that is like, away. what? That's like nine months ago. Yeah. That's like, and, and now we talk as if we are like uh, playing in League One soon. It's like <laughs> we need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, you know? that is true. Um, and, you know, against Wolves as well, we were so unlucky because you don't really see... Alison Becker doing the mistakes that yeah. he did. That was a Friday the 13th early. I'm not, I'm not sure I think we were unlucky as much. Maybe I think it was six of one, half and half a dozen of the other because I think on one hand, I think we got away with one with the, uh, the yeah. VAR situation. But uh, Alison had a bad day, but he's got so many credits in the bank that yeah. you don't look to Alison and think, well, you know that's the end and he should be chopped or whatever. No, I mean, no, no. He, he's the best goalkeeper in the world. And I think this system, though, of, of playing out from the back, you have to expect that those things, that those type of things potentially can happen. Um, I don't agree with it. I don't think goalkeepers should be faffing around in their box. I think if there's a, an, an op- a member of the opposition in, the, in your penalty box, I think I'd be getting the ball out of the, out of the zone and... Uh, and not have any worries. I think. I think we've seen. You see that. You see week in, week out. Whether it's Liverpool or it's with everybody else, um, too many chances being taken. So, you, in, particularly in your penalty area by goalkeepers and the, and the like. So, I think if you if you see an incident like particularly like the first goal last week, then I think you you have to take the the good with the bad. And if you if you're happy with that's the way you want to see football played, uh, so be it. Personally, I think uh, you should just kick the ball away and. Uh, I'm, I'm not a great believer of this uh, 
playing out from the back. But it was a little bit of an example, sorry, Peter, of uh, the collective. When there's a collective drop of form, it even rubs off on the world's best goalkeeper. And I was having a chat with Vegar Hegem, you know, the former Liverpool uh, player, the other day on the phone. And we were talking about... um, Right now, because of the injury situation, we don't have players like Diaz, who is completely unaffected by the collective drop of form. You need mm. a couple of players on the team that just doesn't get into that sort of people starting to sort of hang with their heads and start sort of being annoyed with each other and, and, and lose their concentration when the team starts off not as, as well as they normally do. Who, who in your team, David, was the best one of not being affected by a drop of sort of collective form? Well, everyone everyone experienced it. Uh, but there were there were a couple of occasions I can remember, and and Phil Neal is very quick to point out the the season of eighty one when we were twelfth at Christmas and ended up winning the league. You know, so uh, those were different times. There was a lot of character in the team then. I have to say, players, people like Clements, Neal, you know, Smith and Hughes and Keegan's and. Um, and Sunessas, the list goes on and on. Uh, but there was a huge amount of character in there. And I think at the moment, I think speaking to some older fans, really do feel as if perhaps we don't have as many leaders or as many, you know, people who appear to have really strong personalities can dig out if, if you know, the, the fullback's going through a bad situation, you know, can he sort of, can he be helped out by the midfield players and so on and so on. I think... Um, we have been tested in terms of depth of squad, that's for sure. And I think Year, knowing Jürgen's style, he likes to keep people back kind of thing. He likes to play the younger players more at the back end of the season rather than throw them in at the, right in the middle. And I think that at the moment, that, 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 that's a pressure for the likes of um, uh, Bacevic and uh, people like Doak and uh, Elliot. I mean, you see their shortcomings now at the moment because they're in the real middle of a, of a, of a heated battle. Um, much easier to make a little bit of an impact, maybe when the, the ground starts to dry out a little bit at the, and, and the sun's out in the spring, you know. Uh, and I think from, um, from what I've seen from Jürgen and here and one or two things, I think that's what he would prefer to do rather than throw these younger lads into the, into the thick of it. So, you know, so... Early on in the season, you know, we, we are granted only at halfway, but um, we have been really, really tested. And, um, you know, people will point continually point back to the fact of Mane sort of uh, going away and, uh, and the effect of uh, no more him in the, uh, in, in, in the squad. My son said that yesterday, the latest, he said, oh, I miss Mane. <laughs> so we, we all do. And he was one of those players who wasn't that affected by the collective sort of drop of form. Um, but Peter, we are in the middle of a transfer window. Who do you dream of coming here and who do you think is realistic that will uh, land, plant his feet here? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, everybody is hoping for someone like Jude Bellingham to come. Um, and if we can land him, I mean, again, for the people that a lot of, most people know it, I never make a secret out of it. I grew up near, near Dortmund in Germany. So in my early years, I was a really, really... I mean, hardcore as in I went to the training ground and got the autographs of the Andreas Möller, Matthias Sammer and stuff of the time. 
But uh, Dortmund is not going to let Jude Bellingham go in the winter. They just won't because it screws up their whole season really badly. Um, and Bellingham at the tender age of, what, 18 or 19 now has been captain uh, of Dortmund a couple of times in big games. And I mean, he's on a whole another level. And I guess the whole world knows it, which means there's going to be that competition on the highest level where Liverpool in the past would have potentially not been able stroke wanting to compete but Bellingham is a game changer type player um, who like on that sort of number eight type position would just yeah you don't want to I mean I'm looking at a shirt of Steven Gerrard over there while I'm recording this so uh, you don't want to compare that too quickly too easily bearing in mind how special Stevie G was but that that would be a game changer um, personally I I <laughs> Much to the frustration of a lot of people, I personally don't think we are going to do much this winter still, you know. I, I, think, uh, I think we are going to plow on the way we are. And yeah, that might frustrate people. But again, you have to think of the situation. FSG is looking for investment or potentially to sell. So how is the value of the club affected by certain decisions? And how is an investment at this time when you are potentially on your way out, let's just say, making sense. So there's all these things that are not necessarily football related, but that people in, particularly in Britain, where any club and everything is for sale, unlike in Germany, I must say, where you got the 50 plus one rule, you got to contend with factors like that in the decision making. In Germany, you don't. It's, it's, yes, it's business too, but ultimately the owners are the fans and it just makes it makes for a different dynamic. So, uh, I, uh, any, sorry, I respond way too long, but I would yeah. say there's very little happening this winter. Yeah. I think getting injured players back is, is, uh, and, and back into form, which I just want to touch on, by the way. A drop of form isn't just affecting the club that drops form. The drop of form is known to the opposition. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly means that a club like Liverpool is there for the taking. So suddenly a Fulham... Um, who themselves have got a decent spell. They are, if I'm not mistaken, either exactly on the same level as Liverpool or like a point behind or some crazy position, isn't it? Yeah. After Chelsea yesterday. Yeah. Um, Fulham or Brighton, let's say, they, they face Liverpool with their chest out knowing we can get three points. And a couple of seasons ago, or if Liverpool this season has got a period where they're really strong, the teams don't actually leave the dressing room thinking they sincerely have a chance. But I think everybody at the moment think they have. And that adds on top of the yeah. struggle that we face, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, But so just sorry, and I, I finish then. Look at Manchester United, look at Chelsea. Just buying lots of players. And yeah, Joao Felix was very unfortunate yesterday. I mean, he deserved the red card, but he didn't mean to do what he did, but he got sent off. But just buying players in left, right and centre, it's not club style. And let's face it, FSG is not going to do that. So it's. I think we might have to... Um, through gritted teeth to support the lads at Anfield better than so far this season louder and um, push them back to form but David we do have secured one player that uh, quoting my son again because he's an avid red um, he was so made up when we signed uh, Gapko Gap, Gakpo uh, struggled to say that um, he said that was like the best Christmas present ever like a late Christmas present how did he do the first game? It was a surprise to see him sign, first and foremost. Uh, so I think that gave people a lift, and I think it's a good sign that uh, 
they, 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 you know, they acted quickly and not stole him, but negotiated with him behind the scenes. And, you know, there were one or two teams who were also linked with uh, with Gakpo. But um, I don't think as da- as debuts go, it was the it was the brightest debut. Looked I mean, a bit nervous, it's, didn't it? it can be it can be daunting, obviously, to make your debut at home because the expectation is massive. I know speaking to a lot of fans before the game, the excitement really about the Wolves game was seeing Gakpo. Uh, and the hope was that he was going to start, which he did. And I think the the, the, the first um, piece of action he was really involved in is, you know, neat control, takes it to the side, gets his shot off, got, it was saved. But I think that's what we're going to expect to see from him. I don't think he's going to be... You know, one of these players that's really in the thick of things, but he's he's a huge uh, athlete. He's about six foot four, and so I think much taller than I thought. <laughs> yeah, and we need we need sort of players, I think, of of that stature because at times this last year or two, I think we've we've looked a little bit under uh, sort of powered. Um, but um, I think um, I think that was a good sign. I will, I don't think we'll see any more because, as Peter says, I mean, the bigger stars first and foremost don't. You know, very rarely get moved on in in winter. Although there are in a number of ex- examples, I know, but it's a rarity. And I think we should ex- expect Liverpool to now to truck on with the um, with the squad that we have. But the 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 key thing about football is momentum. And at the moment, the likes of Fulham and Brighton, Southampton got a little bit of momentum this week. Now people are talking all of a sudden about Liverpool and. Uh, one or two other Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea have lost momentum, and that that sort of uh, that that can be a worry because that the fear factor I think that existed a couple of years ago, the year when we won the uh, the Premier League, I think teams took on Manchester City for the first time uh, that season. Previously, teams seemed to be a, a little bit scared of of, of City, so gifted like them games, saying. and then Liverpool have had a little period where I think teams think. The old one, the only thing you get come you get at Anfield when you come in as a cup of tea. Uh, now teams come and have a go, and uh, the fear factor is uh, of Liverpool and City, I think, is is diminished slightly. So uh, you have to you have to get that back, uh, and maybe uh, with one or two of the fixtures that we have in our sights, starting with Brighton, you know, you can you get two or three wins together, although that seems to have been our problem this season. Uh, you get that momentum, but momentum is going to be key. Momentum is key, and I hope everyone listening to this or watching this is having um, full momentum in your own lives in, in this uh, beautiful year called 2023. Um, the Reds will rise, don't you worry. Don't you let that sort of affect your own form. You need to just keep believing, uh, keep laughing, because that's going to rub off on your environment. Believe me, um, no, no point in uh, hanging with your beak, so to speak. <laughs> and with that, I would like to say thank you so much, David and Peter. And um, from myself, Rangnil Lund Ansnes, I always get, uh, that wasn't too bad. Um, I, I always say that when people try to say my name uh, on stage or, or in me- media. So, uh, Peter, we are in the same boat with difficult names. So, from the Difficult Name League and from the wonderful uh, top legend, uh, we just say thank you and have a wonderful new week. Bye-bye. <laughs>